Yippee Kai Couch Potatoes, and welcome back to yet oh. another green and faceless on the couch genre smackdown Xmas edition. Yeah, yeah, we're also you know it's some kind of winter holiday for someone. Yeah, Xmas the- edition. Yeah, Xmas <laughs> edition. Yes. Oh. Uh, I was just I saying, saying. I, there's a lot of different winter holidays. Winter, whatever you yeah. celebrate. Here we go. This is, I mean, December's I think, end edition. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, that there you go. <laughs> I'll title not, it the December <laughs> Xmas maybe edition. <laughs> uh, well, these these movies, I would say, we are we're arguing they are Christmas movies. We are. They are Christmas yeah. movies. Uh, one, I think one of them very clearly, and then and then some people have controversy over, over the them. other. The other widely recognized by most <laughs> as a Christmas movie. Uh, it's just it's just like when you're watching a Halloween movie. You know, it's not technically about Halloween, and you know, it has comedy in it to to alleviate that horror that is generally in the atmosphere. So is, you know, Die Hard. Yeah. An action movie that takes place in Christmas time. That's true. And is 100% a Christmas movie because of that. Yes. Yes. And our other other contestant in the ring is uh, Jingle All the Way. An actual Um, Christmas movie. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you said it, not me. Um, But... uh, it is uh, an a- another Christmas action movie. We're we're doing Christmas action. Well, I wouldn't. Okay, I wouldn't call Jingle All the Way an action movie. It has action elements. Yeah, but but it's mostly just. I mean, it's 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 an attempt at comedy. It's a comedy. it's a yeah. It's I think it was billed as a, a an action comedy. I don't know. I just I, I don't know. I feel like it has two action scenes. If that. That's fair. I mean, the end, the end, I guess, the third act is mostly action-packed. Uh-huh. But it's, you know, it's it's terrible action, in my opinion. <laughs> it's so stupid. I love it. <laughs> we'll get into it. Uh, uh, well, are we going to go there ahead? Is, okay, yeah, you go. I, I will say there is one more connecting thread uh, to, to lead into these movies. There is one connect, more connecting thread between both of them, aside from being movies that take place during the uh christmas season they both tell the tale of one policeman who is struggling so desperately to fight ne'er-do-wells throughout the of course of one day so let's let's go into jingle all the way where so, arnold schwarzenegger just terrorizes one policeman constantly throughout the entire day that guy's just doing his job yeah yeah okay i i i forgot about this uh, policeman i thought you were talking about sinbad's character who's a mailman and i was like no and i'm like no yeah you're right yeah yeah there's a there's a poor policeman who is just harassed by arnold schwarzenegger's character like constantly he breaks it like he, he he backs up into his bike he pours hot coffee on his hands yeah. yeah, you know, he delivers a bomb into his hands, basically. I mean, we can blame that one on Sinbad, yeah. but yeah. Arnold Arnold was involved. <laughs> you know, it's just, he, he hurt this poor guy so much. 
and he's just doing his job. Well, all right. I I think I should say what Jingle All the Way is is about. Um, all right, all right. Jingle All the Way. Uh, this workaholic dad, which is kind of funny to imagine uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger that way, but he he did help run California for a little while, so I'm sure he was pretty busy. Um, but <laughs> anyhow, he uh, forgot to get the toy the toy of the year for his little boy turbo man uh, turbo man doll um turbo guy, turbo guy. <laughs> and anyways uh the whole movie the, the majority of the movie is about him hunting for this toy in competition with practically the rest of the world um and uh <laughs> but most specifically sinbad <laughs> most specifically sinbad and that is that's the synopsis of the movie. That's what it's about. Yeah, and and you say you simply just say workaholic as adjective for him. I say worst father ever. Yeah, um, he's not like in so many great. ways. Yeah, and it's not just because he's like a workaholic. I mean that that does a lot uh, affect a lot of mm-hmm. his relationships. Uh, but like he just doesn't listen or seem to care at all about either of his family members and you know his wife tells him something in one ear out the other his kid like something's very important to his kid he doesn't give a damn like (laughs) yeah he's not doing so great and uh, and... but i mean i I do feel like he is trying to redeem that by going after this toy but the fact that he's going after it last minute it just speaks to his failing as as a stable parent yeah, his need for redemption also is comes from a very selfish. Like he's oh, not yeah. doing it for the kid, you know. He's not doing it because he wants to see the kid happy. He's doing it because he wants his kid to love him and make right. him again feel more powerful as a person. Because right. he's just like, you know, I like feeling powerful. I like my kid, you know, seeing me and thinking I was strong and powerful. And you know, at the end, that is kind of the message he sends too. Is you know, he, he puts on a costume, saves his kid's life, and then his wife's like damn he's hot you know he's like super muscular and he's like ah see i'm super powerful like me again and it's just like what the fuck like i don't know i i i I vibed so badly with the message of this movie well that that's fair but see i watched this movie as a child i did too actually over again um, not, so there's not definitely over and some over. Uh, nostalgia factor for me, mm-hmm. but uh, I do want to talk about what you said about power made me think about Phil Hartman in this movie playing oh, God. Uh, Ted, their 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 horny single dad neighbor who yeah. who's been sleeping around the neighborhood and now has uh, targeted uh, his wife liz Ar- arnold's wife yeah 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 the protagonist's wife and um yeah he does he does some kind of pretty gross sleazy things but it's always yeah, like he's... like very lightly masked to be just just yeah. funny enough for me to get a good chuckle out of it but uh he but it's gross too. yeah he's gross you know I've, i only watched it a couple times as a kid um but as a kid I didn't catch that he was gross because as no. you said, it is, it is, I mean, it's not very subtle. It's very on the nose. Yes. Um, 
but as but a it's, kid, it's on it's... the nose for yeah, it's on yeah. the nose for adults. Mm-hmm. As a kid, you know, it it just comes across as just like, well, he's weird. Uh, he's just, he's kind of awkward. That's whatever, you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's very like nudge nudge, hint hint. Yeah. Uh, but like like you said, as an adult, we can uh, we can we understand. Uh, it, I mean, what it, he's it, saying. It felt doing. like. It felt like that he was the kind of man who could become a rapist. In my yeah, opinion. yeah, no, it, like he's a creep. Yeah, and and this is like you know it's '90s humor, and I don't think that they were trying to say he wasn't a creep, but I think that uh, people probably wouldn't try this so much anymore. The the mm-hmm. in in film, the, some of the bits that the character does, but. I gotta say, it made me laugh. He, yeah, he, he was a funny guy, Phil Hartman. Uh, but anyhow, he said something <laughs> to uh, uh, Howard, Arnold's character, when he was like driving away. He's like, "Yeah, can't bench press away that problem." <laughs> and yeah. Arnold's just like, "What?" <laughs> it is that kind of humor, and like, I, as a kid, I did enjoy it. As an adult, yeah. I find it a little more cringe cringeworthy it kind of like it, it felt dated mm. um I, f- I said that really weird dated it is um, dated <laughs> but 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 that's not like a technical like a, a bad te- detriment to the movie uh per se but it's just i don't know i just I, especially like the focus on monetization of christmas i liked yeah there's a lot of that uh you know that the how things are overpriced at Christmas time, you know, the, the need, um, for, to get the, you know, that the greatest toy of the year and all that kind right. of stuff. Like it, I'm going to be a bad parent. I know I'm going to be, if I have a kid, because <laughs> I'm not going to get my kid that kind of shit. Like <laughs> just not, you know? Yeah. And it's not that you don't want them to have that thing. It's that you don't want, uh, to partake in the mania of, of the commercialism i feel like yeah yeah i want i want the gifts i give to be meaningful uh in a way you know so it's like i do put thought into my gifts when i give them out to people yeah they mean something to the relationship i have that with that person and i definitely feel like christmas has become you know fuck the emotion of it you know it's just get the the best looking gift you know i, I work i work with money and there's a lot of people who come in and it's like, give me the nicest looking hundred you have. You're giving somebody money as a gift. They don't fucking care the quality of the bill, people. Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's like, well, I want it to look nice. If you want it to look nice, go out and get an actual fucking gift. You're giving them cotton. You're giving them paper. Like, it's money. It doesn't matter how well of a bill it looks. They're going to crinkle it up and put it in their wallet or the purse. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's just it's lost the emotion it's just it's become a commercial commercialized time period and i hate it yeah and this movie does ring out pretty well to that i will give this movie that it 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 does it says a lot to the monetization of of christmas yeah most definitely and uh you know i think like other uh winter holidays have kind of followed suit just because the uh, commercialization has taken been so high, like mm-hmm. it's just 
it's there it's convenient to partake in because all the stores switch over to christmas so early Mm -hmm. um but there is one thing i want to say though like this year it definitely all feels different it Mm -hmm. it's it's so different i mean i might not even go go see my my folks um right and that's that's sad sad it definitely is sad my parents and i we already uh you know pre-planned for the idea that we won't be able to see each other in christmas you know we saw each other for thanksgiving and we dropped off and exchanged all of our christmas presents because we're most likely having a you know an over the internet christmas right and uh you know i, I might have secretly unwrapped all my gifts and looked at them you know, <laughs> it was a good good haul this year thank you mom i appreciate it um when does this, this come out, out though <laughs> i think it's christmas eve yeah, i think it's christmas eve so she'll she'll know the day before <laughs> sorry Surprise. mom i swear i did i did not open them immediately once you dad left oh, i did not i might have it might have been I, I waited an hour to make sure they weren't coming back uh <laughs> oh boy <laughs> good haul, to make though. sure good they haul. weren't coming back it. but uh jingle all the way i mean it's it's here's my thought on it it is an entertaining movie you know you i I do laugh at at times and there's some enjoyable moments but for the most part i just i don't care connect with the characters they're all kind of assholes especially arnold like i'm I'm sorry he is just a terrible person like there's so many moments where he stops and thinks yeah. like you know I'm stealing from a kid and it's like yeah you're damn right you are yeah, stealing you from are. a fucking kid right now or yeah, or no, it's like you are literally yeah he he like he even um specifically makes sure that his neighbor's house is trashed by a reindeer by locking it in a specific room where it's going to destroy <laughs> that's everything that's true but yeah but Ted is like really moving in on his wife. I like I do not yeah. I, I do feel bad for Ted's kid because mm-hmm. someday down the line there's gonna be some kind of lawsuit and he's gonna have yeah. to watch his dad like he's gonna have to learn yeah. his dad is not a good person. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Most assuredly it's gonna be a bad time. Um but even if you do suspect that this guy is you know making the moves on your wife you also trust your wife to, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. not reciprocate those moves. You're and right. he does not at all in any way trust his wife constantly. No. Just like, even though she's like just... way not into Ted, like, she... <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he, but, but Arnold for, you know, for good reasons, thinks his wife might be thinking about getting a divorce. Right. And yeah. like, honestly, an if I was his wife, if I was his wife, I would be in the same boat thinking about getting a divorce. Yeah. Because this guy, you know, he he barely attends your kids' events. You know, he's not showing much interest in the kids' interests. He's clearly not listening to the wife because there's so many times where she mentions something and he's just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you know, I did that or or I'll get to that. And clearly has no intentions of doing any of it. Yeah. Um, and, and it is a story of his redemption, but I just don't think he, reser- he des- you know, deserves his redemption at the end. No, he definitely just takes it. But I mean, I mean, he does in a very physical sense save the day at the end. Yeah, 
Um, yeah. But he did cause the rivalry that that made that come to a head. Like, <laughs> yeah. So let's let's actually talk that scene. So we're not we won't give too many specifics away. Um, but it's a action heavy scene uh-huh. involving a almost superhero like esque fight between Sinbad and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. So first off, you think about that Sinbad versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. Ha. That's a joke. <laughs> but it's <laughs> like, beautiful. <laughs> it is it is a funny fight. But you look at who Sinbad's character is. He's just a mailman uh-huh. who's just trying to please his son for the holiday season. And in order to do that, in order to accomplish this goal of his, <laughs> he almost nearly tosses somebody else's kid off a roof. Yeah, I know. Not I, good people in this movie at good, all. No. Even the Santa Claus, and the only, and the only reason Arnold Schwarzenegger is there is because he had, he just blindly stumbled into this gig, like yeah. he didn't set he didn't set himself up to be the hero of the day at all. Just fate was like, all right, you deserve this, like, and I don't know why fate thought he deserved it, but fate it's did. The, you know, like, go for it. It's the Christmas Carol uh, syndrome. That's what's going on. But, They're like, okay, we're gonna put him in a situation where he 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 understands yeah but ebenezer like earns his redemption at the end he he understands his wrongs and tries to make up for them whereas arnold kind of sort of understands his wrongs but yeah i don't know if he's gonna try to make up for him he's probably gonna go back to work come monday i don't know like <laughs> i don't know he probably won't buy his christmas presents that late hopefully not you know and hopefully of... he's more interested yeah hopefully he's more invested in the in you know his family yeah yeah i don't know what he does but he he has this i I like the the scene when he's on the phone because that's just another thing that's hard for me to imagine all is working on the phone all day all right it sounded like he was selling mattresses oh is it um, i have I, no idea i can't I don't know specifically what he's doing. I just remembered like one line he said sounded something that was like mount- mattress related. And I was like, why would somebody need like 200 mattresses? Because it's like, I can't remember <laughs> at all what he's talking about. But it just it made me think mattresses. And I was like, that doesn't make sense at all if he's a mattress salesman. Because, you know, nobody's well, calling a mattress salesman that many times. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe they're You're selling my number it. one customer. You're my number one customer. Yeah, every single customer, Jeez. even his wife. Even his wife, which is apparently he's done that before. Yeah, he's like, oh, uh, Liz, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I think that's I think that's really what it comes down to. Is it's just like Arnold doesn't perform a, a relatable character for me. Like, I think he's just a goof. He is pretty goofy, but I do think that this honestly is one of his better jobs at acting like a regular human being um, <laughs> i mean i mean you know he's got all these other roles where you know he's a giant death robot predator. and uh and but predators he's good in predator yeah yeah he is uh but another one that i thought that he did a pretty good job of acting like a real person even though he was a super cop, was in uh, the kindergartner. You kindergarten seen that? cop, the kindergarten cop. Yeah, sorry, that's what it yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, I saw that as a kid too. 
<laughs> yeah, he's a he's a weird figure from my childhood. I made fun of him as an actor because I, I he just seems like he's phoning it in a lot for me. And oh like, yeah, where he shines for me, where he shines is Terminator because he does seem like a very out of place individual. Yeah, um, he's just so big. Yeah, or or what's the what is the movie with him and Andre the Giant? What's that document? The it's a mockumentary or. The, the uh, no 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 the, he's yeah it uh, he, i think it's called pumping iron it's a documentary yeah, uh, it's but it's like him that. and yeah, lou ferrigno ferrigno that's right yeah and um, uh, it's but I, he's, I like that yeah it's i good. do too that's what i'm saying like that role even though that is specifically what he was doing at the time but like yeah he was acting in that and that's perfect like he's great in that and he's great in like terminator yeah. And here, when he's just trying to act like a you know a salesman, it just it doesn't seem right for him. No, you know it's just I'm not a, I'm not I'm not in love with it, and it throws me off. And uh, uh, him trying to redeem himself as a person, I'm just like, no, you're just a like. There's so many times where he'll like chase kids to try to get this toy. Like there's one time where there's a ball bouncing through a mall, and he's like, he's like oh following god, kids creepily scene. down slides. Yeah. Oh god, and it's just it's so disturbing almost and i'm just like you are not a good person you don't deserve this toy like you don't deserve this his kid though i will say his kid deserves him deserves his father to keep his promises that's 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 yes that's the truth of it and and that was honestly another part that made me so sad was how devoted this kid was to his father yeah his hard-working yeah. mom who's there for everything he just kind of just doesn't pay attention to her jeez mom oh jeez you know when's dad gonna be here and like I, I guess i can you relate you know i can't say anything against the story for that because that is how kids can be you know it's like yeah sons typically do tend to look to their dads more than their mothers i would say especially uh from our era Mm-hmm. uh and before i mean it's changing a bit you know culture's changing there's a shift uh from the yeah. people of our our age uh on <laughs> there's a blend there's a you know a blend in there somewhere i'm sure yeah things don't just happen you're wearing you're wearing a stocking uh stocking cap right now and uh it's it's right on the edge of the frame uh-huh. But the brim of it looks like your hair, but it looks like it's cut in the Spock fashion. Oh yeah, when it's at the when it's at the edge of my camera. There we go. I just need a point of the ears <laughs> right now. there. Yeah, I just, need ears. You just look like you're wearing Spock hair. <laughs> it does kind uh, of look like that. like a bad wig. Uh, I love it. Uh, uh, it's it's beautiful. Well, anyways, but yeah, I don't remember. Oh yes, I do know what I was saying. It's gonna say, "Geez, mom." When are you gonna be abducted <laughs> by sand people? Mm. Mm. Mm-hmm. There are some fun cameos throughout this movie. Yeah, I mean the kid himself is uh he he plays Anakin in in the uh <laughs> the prequel, the first prequel movie. Is it the same kid? Yeah. I didn't even think about it. I mean, I mean there's a, I mean obviously there's Sinbad and Phil Hartman. We've already yeah, talked to them. We talked to them. Um Chris Parnell who plays the voice he's one of the voices in archer 
um cyril figus oh yes yes he yeah he's, he's, he's a store clerk who laughs at arnold when arnold asks him about the toy. Him real good i laughed really hard at that scene yeah that's a pretty uh, fun scene i really like that and he's like he grabs another store uh, store attendant and he's just like yeah. hey hey oh. he's looking for the the turbo man toy <laughs> <laughs> we got plenty of buster oh, is it no it's booster booster because booster, the turbo sure. man booster his smoking uh, uh smoking cigarettes yeah yeah that was another cameo from police academy i don't remember what oh yeah that's right that is where he was from uh, but there's also uh Vern troyer who plays a mini me santa oh um, man he's mini me and austin powers and he plays mini santa in this yeah uh, uh and another santa claus is jim belushi jim belushi He's the he's the yeah. he seems to be kind of the ringleader of the Santa Clauses. At the very least, he br- Dude, brings I, him into this this strange. I never. <laughs> I did not even recognize him. I recognized his voice, and I was like, yeah. "Who the fuck is this?" And like, I had to look it up, and I was just like, "That's Jim Belushi." I was like, "No way, that's Jim Belushi." And like, the the beard comes off, and even without the beard, I'm like, "I don't see it." Like, it's. I, I mean, I I can see it, but it's just it, it was really good. I was just like. You know, blends. when I was looking to to watch this movie, the cast like the first couple names of the cast pops up on on some of the uh, streaming services. I can't remember what we watched this on, uh, but anyways, it said Arnold Schwarzenegger, and then the second the second name on there was Jim Belushi. I was like, uh, <laughs> Sinbad's second bill of this movie. I know that. <laughs> so i was like i think this is a glitch in the system i'm gonna look at something else uh but yeah yeah he he's only in it for a very short amount of time and he's just like this like hey santa's got what you need (laughs) (laughs) kind of guy and uh it's i think his part's pretty funny and then and then arnold just beats the fuck out of a bunch of snowman a bunch of santa santa clauses yeah santa clauses yeah it's not snowman santa clauses though it'd be really funny like snowman on the full time. <laughs> uh, but well you know you did tear this movie a new one um yeah you ready for closing statements i think so yeah i think for this so one. yeah uh so for me nostalgia it kind of wins over for me for this film uh so i i mean i i'm by no means i'm going to argue that it's a great film um (laughs) but i do recommend it like if you're looking for a new christmas movie that you haven't seen before it's funny i get a kick out of it you got 25 days to, you know, to fill before Christmas. That's you got, right. You know, watch one movie a day. Some people, my mom's crazy enough that she watches, you know, Christmas movies. Like I watch horror movies at Halloween time. I couldn't do that. So, I, you know, fill a day it's with like this. The, sure. It's like the week and a half before, if that. But I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, let's do some Christmas stuff. But before that, <laughs> it just makes me cranky. I'm like the Grinch. Anyway. I have to wait for my heart to grow. Oh my god! I was about I was about to say they were down here for Thanksgiving and forced me to watch The Grinch Stole Christmas, Jim Carrey's version. Yeah. So I was just like I was sitting there like reading a book, just like all right. It's too <laughs> it's early. Too 
it's not terrible but yeah it was it definitely was just like i was not in a christmasy mood i was like oh my god yeah <laughs> i think honestly this is like there's sometimes we're like in the middle of summer you know i i you know it's christmas in july i guess uh yeah. that i will watch a christmas movie or two because i'm feeling like i'm missing that that time of the year i guess because it's too damn hot outside and um but this is probably the earliest i've watched a christmas movie in a, yeah. in a, in a long time uh yeah, definitely for me yeah i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it a full face because i just it's just childhood favorite you know and it's not like one of those where i watched it and was completely disappointed <laughs> from rewatching it like halloween town oh god um, oh gosh yeah yeah uh, it's not as no. bad as that it's not it's not it like but it's that a, was made, it's a that was made for movie. younger kids this was made so a family could watch it yeah i, I give it uh, i have a lower score written down on the paper but out of respect i gave it two stars um, <laughs> <laughs> i opted a bit for the sake of our um, friendship for this uh, you know i don't <laughs> want to be too mean uh it's it's not bad it's uh there's a name that pops up in the opening credits that made me understand what i was about to get into and it was it was in the in the executive producer section is a chris columbus who is the director of harry potter's one and two which i really mm. enjoy but when I when I saw his name pop up and he wasn't the director, he was just an executive producer, I realized this is gonna try to get more flashy than it's available or than it than it's uh monetarily able to do. Ah. And it definitely did. Because that third act, it tries to do so much and they just it didn't seem like they really had any good way to wrap it up because they hadn't established any good character, so they had no idea of how to how to redeem anybody in this and they're like you know what let's not redeem anyone let's just have an action heavy finishing scene that makes you feel like they accomplished something right so that we can forgive them and i just i just could not vibe with it it's it, it you know i watched it i didn't watch it as much as you as a kid i think i watched it maybe three times um maybe maybe just two honestly well my brother and i watched it all the time if it wasn't me trying to watch this now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we had movies like that, definitely. Uh, this this could have been one, but there was just something about it that we just didn't come back to it that often. And I feel like, honestly, it's it's the lead actors. You know, I like Arnold, and I, I can find Sinbad funny at times. Um, I just feel like they don't bring the right chemistry that could make those characters so much better. Like if right. they were just a little, if there was just a little bit of a more friendly rivalry between them, right? Like they're still willing to beat the crap out of each other, but at the same time, there was like this guy's doing the exact same thing as me, and I deeply respect him, but I'm still gonna beat the crap out of him so I can get this toy and make my kid happy. <laughs> right, like, that like would have been funnier. There's even a moment where Sinbad's like, "Hey, we could team up," and like I kind of yeah. want to see that movie too, like where they actually team yeah. up. And it's them against the rest right. of america trying to find this toy it, it definitely think i think it definitely would have made for a, a, a better third act definitely because yeah. that third act is just just wild and over the top and like it can be fun but for the most part it just felt cringy to me yeah and i was just like 
I was so happy once they were just like, all right, we're, we're at the sappy, you know, everything's done. And now we're just at the sappy. Let's try to get the audience to like tear up a bit and call it a day. Yeah. But that's a uh, real so two stars. Pack. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. It definitely 100%. Yeah. He just, I don't, I don't, that was another thing. Okay. He has a suit on at the end. Uh huh. And there's like, there's many moments where the kid's like, use this, you know, use this weapon. And he just looks down at his wrist and a button flicks out into his wrist and he presses it and it uses the exact same weapon the kid just called out. But it was the exact same thing each time. Use your jetpack. <laughs> looks down at his wrist. Something new comes into his hand and he grabs it and hits the button. Use your blades. Looks down at his wrist. A new button comes out. It's like, how are you getting the right button into your hand? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> It makes this suit work at it's, all. It's voice activated, finger triggered, Greg. But he wasn't saying the weapons. <laughs> yeah, it's just his boy needed to say it. That's all. Oh, okay, that makes sense. It is. It, it's, it's like by a, blood. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's that Turbo <laughs> Man blood. <laughs> God. And I do, I do, I do step back and realize me complaining about that right now about a, a '90s made-for-TV movie too. Oh, I have uh, no life. Was it made for TV? Uh, it might have had a Chris or a theater release, uh, but I mean, it, it he's a big enough like a main VHS. draw. I feel like both these guys. Yeah. But anyhow, um, would you say Sinbad's? Sinbad was hot for you know a good a, a good chunk. Yeah, he was in a shit ton of movies when we were kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, well, okay, yeah, I think we talked about it, and honestly, I have to say, I think your score is is a, is a fair score, um, two stars for this movie. I just my 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 system's just it's all about the face, so. and that's good. That's fine. There's so many people out there who would agree with it. We're both bearded white men with sock caps on. Yeah, we're so, that's and what glasses. we bring to the table. Merry Christmas. Oh, uh, ho, ho, ho. And a happy other winter holidays. Sorry. And a happy Die Hard. And a happy Die Hard. Why don't you tell us about Die Hard? Die Hard. Otherwise known as The Hard in German. The Hard. The Hard. The Hard. Directed The Hard. Directed by John McTiernan. Uh Love the Man. Did uh Hunt for Red October and this. And uh Die Hard with a Vengeance. Yeah, it stars Bruce Willis as the amazing John McClane. Started a amazing. franchise that in my opinion didn't really need to happen, but you know, it no. gave me <laughs> I do like two more films in this franchise. The rest of them I, yeah, agree happened. That. <laughs> the rest of them happen. Yeah, this movie. I mean, is definitely. I'm, I can't say this is this is this is a good movie. I mean, that, I yeah, can't say. I, that. I wanted to put this after Jingle All the Way because I thought it would be rude to open up and say Die Hard is, in my opinion, a perfect movie, and then treat Jingle All the Way I treated it, um, <laughs> because I do think Die Hard is a you know perfect it's a perfect action movie is it the greatest movie of all time no there's a lot of flaws to it but as an action movie it you know i think it it's definitely one of the best all right yeah i can agree with that yeah uh i i mean it's not really my favorite genre in general so i mm -hmm. i 
we'll it's, agree that it's definitely it has to be top one of the top yeah it's it's not my favorite genre in general which is why i like the the classic action films like this and t2 and yeah well see though as soon as they have a sci-fi element into it i'm a little more interested yeah but uh for let's go drive a plane onto the, the, the <laughs> into the city those kind of movies oh you talking uh, you talking die hard four liver <laughs> <liberal> or die <laughs> yeah that or you know con air or Wait, though no, i do enjoy or die hard. Air because there's just yeah, Kyra, so much oh, God. shit about con air man oh it's nick ha- nick cage man i know i know i <laughs> uh, i mean i i love watching that movie but I, it's so fucking weird man it's just yeah we, we'll have to talk that sunday we'll because that was that that was one that as a kid we watched uh <laughs> not like not little kid but like you know older kid that was me and my brother watched that a lot that was a fun movie but we also watched die hard a shit ton um especially if it got around the christmas time because it is a christmas movie damn it it has christmas elements it's about you know finding your family you know what you like about uh you know what, what you love about family life so much and making sure that you're able to give to them as as much as you want to that's um, what it's about <laughs> <laughs> it's about that's office the, christmas heart. parties it's about <laughs> snorting cocaine off your desk and then finding... no that stuff happens that stuff happens in it the message of the movie though man he, he's trying to he's trying to find retribution okay let's set up die hard okay if you don't know by now die hard uh finds john mcclain a new york uh policeman in california trying to win back his wife and family um they moved out to california his wife got a job out there clay is you know he's the manly man who's like you're not gonna make it out there you know he's like you should stay with me i got business to do in, uh, in new york i'm not leaving my my policeman job here and she says fuck him you know she's a strong independent woman she moves off to uh, her name's holly by the way she takes the kids moves off to california changes her name to geraro without letting him know and uh which i'm guessing you is know, her maiden name right yeah yeah and you know she makes it you know she <clears throat> makes it fine out in california because again she's a strong woman <laughs> and she i think that's one that is one thing i will say about this first Die Hard movie is it's got strong diverse characters yeah um Very it's true. not just about the strong white man even though he is a white male savior um yeah it's not just about him and but he goes out to California to try to win back his wife. She's at a Christmas party, Christmas office party. They're in the tower. They're in a tower. Uh, and it's got, what, like millions of billions of dollars. Not millions of billions, but it's got billions of dollars of bearer bonds locked up reason. in a in a crazy good safe. <laughs> uh, yeah, for some reason. For some reason. Um, and, you know, while Bruce Willis's character is there trying to win back his wife... A group of terrorists led by amazing Alan Rickman come yeah. to steal those bearer bonds. Well, and so, so they hold the they hold this office party hostage, mm-hmm. and John McClane sneaks away in the chaos to hunt the terrorists down one by one and save everyone's life. And that is Die Hard. That is that is Die Hard. Uh, 
So the German characters, like they want everyone to believe that they're terrorists to stall for time so that they can steal this these bear bonds. They're in it for the bear yeah. bonds. Yeah. Yeah, they're not technically terrorists, they're technically international thieves. And but, they, but like let's 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 talk real fast about talk. the beauty between uh Bruce Willis and Alan Rickman. Because you have Bruce Willis as the you know the strong male character lead uh you know cop running around he's got a lot of flaws he's got a lot of personal personality flaws yeah uh, he's got angry he's got charm what was that i am angry yeah <laughs> he's a very new yorker like hey <laughs> he's like people in california are weird <laughs> you know they're all making out and like doing coke and everything it's, it, it's a really hilarious kind of like fish out of water moment for him when he gets to this hotel yeah, this, like he does tower. act like these things don't happen in New York, but they do. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> he like sees all this stuff and he's just like, oh man, these Californians are really weird. And I was like, come on now. You see this. And you have to see you this see in New this. York. Uh, you know, he's not the greatest husband. Yeah. Just like, you know, just like with Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jing all the way, he's got issues uh, listening issues respecting and trusting you know there's a charm to his character that's not in arnold schwarzenegger's character in jing all the way there's a you know there's a charisma to to mclean like he still cares he still wants to help and wants to be there you know there's an actual it's not just a selfish need for him to right reconnect with his family um like, he still is selfish yeah i'm not you know i'm not gonna deny that like he's trying to be there and his kids want him to be there that kind of thing is going on but like i i feel like <clears throat> he's on the same story as arnold's character except for a few chapters later before yeah. this this event happens that which i think makes the ending a little bit more fulfilled is like hey i was i came here to be here and the mm-hmm. fact that I was here saved our lives. Like, yeah, right. That, that, that's well, also, a little bit more uh, satisfying to I w- stumbled into this warehouse and then <laughs> um, <laughs> I saved right. the day. I learned how to and, fly. And also here, here, whereas in, in Jingle All the Way, she doesn't, uh, the wife of Arnold in Jingle All the Way doesn't fall in love with him again. Yeah. throughout the course of that movie you know she kind of falls apart from him throughout the whole movie until the end when she's like oh yeah he is hot and he did just right. save my kid yeah it's definitely um, some some of the uh the rekindling has to do with the the thick ass latex suit yeah right <laughs> but here with die hard holly actually does kind of remember why she likes uh right. john throughout the movie you know because like she'll you know the terrorist something will happen with the terrorist and She'll see it and she'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember, you know, it's like you could see there's like a, a moment there with her where she's like, yeah, John, that is John. That's uh, that's him. Yeah. You know, and she's smiling, even though it's it's very clear that he just pissed people off. She's like, yep, only my my husband can do that. Uh, <laughs> it's John. But, you know, it's just yeah, she just kind of remembers why she liked him. Uh, and he's clearly trying to make it better. He has right. a lot of issues to overcome. And from, you know the sequels we know he fails to overcome those issues but at the end of it here there's hope yeah 
uh but the sequels have to you know continue the continue the reality of events with this character yeah like let's face it <laughs> yeah he uh uh, I I don't know like the, and I feel like that's kind of a problem in the other movies is that there's not at least in the earlier sequels like he doesn't he doesn't really have like a driving force I don't feel like it's more yeah. of it's in the the, 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 in the recent and the sequels closer to this one he seems like he is more of just like an adrenaline junkie yeah the second one just kind of feels like a repeat but at the airport right and then the the third one is kind of like yeah i mean it's good it's 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 all right it's it's the most cut up movie you'll see on television in my opinion because like my brother and i would catch the you know the re the re repeats of this on uh broadcast network where everything would be edited out because he's swearing like crazy right. so it, he, like each scene would be something new you know he'd say like yippee kaye my you know my mother uh friend or whatever like it, it's really bad like it's really stupid um and that is one friend. part <laughs> yeah it's it's really like that's not exactly what he says i can't remember it at all but it, it's it's almost as dumb as that uh but then the third one you know the the wife and the kids aren't there anymore. They're not, you know, he's kind of just run out of his luck. Uh, you know, he's fucked up. He's at the end of his police career kind of thing. And like, I really like the third one because of that element, because it's completely different. He, you know, he's failed completely. Now he's got to redeem himself throughout the course of this movie or die. Mm-hmm. And, but going back to the first one, you know, it's, it's nice to watch him redeem himself through violence and that is like the message of this movie is like violence or redemption through violence and it's not the greatest of messages but god i love it (laughs) like it's it's such a fun movie to watch him like outwit these terrorists it is satisfying to see like because he is i think like the average viewer identifies with john more than the people that he's saving because like they're in this big executive building and there's really honestly a, uh i feel like a small percentage of people who work in that environment uh at least nowadays it might have been more more prevalent uh back then but i feel like office jobs are not as prevalent anymore that might be because yeah. i've never worked one but i feel like you know blue collar people uh like ourselves can uh identify with with bruce's character like he is the odd man out and then these guys just come and blow up the shit he's like i'm gonna take care of it yeah (laughs) and like many times like uh you and i especially have felt like we've been placed in positions where it's our responsibility to get this accomplished you know nobody yeah. else in our group is going to get this handled so we got to step forward and make sure that it gets done yeah college um, we've you know yeah yeah we just became supervisors basically yeah uh and that's you know that's his you know viewpoint on it he's just a cop he's people have guns or shooting people i've got to do my job and just you know try to protect them right but that's his role in the movie you know he's he's got to protect these people and save these people and he's going to do everything he can to to get it done 
Yeah, he, uh, he is. He definitely does some things that I feel like uh, he shouldn't be doing, even as a cop. Like, yeah. Definitely. yeah, he definitely gets put into into like life or death moments where he makes decisions. I'm like, I don't know if a cop should get away with something like that. Yeah, you know, but uh, like even but even one of the German guys is like, good. you can't, you won't kill me because yeah, you're a cop. You're a cop. <laughs> you got rules. You got rules, little copy boy. <laughs> and then he's like, try me. He's the fuck out. <laughs> yeah, but he wasn't trying to kill that guy. Yeah, but that guy was wearing the tightest sweatpants ever. Thank you. Thank you, Carl. No, it wasn't Carl. It was Carl's brother. No, it was Carl's brother, yeah. 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 But everybody is led by uh, Alan Rickman. And this is... I don't want to say this because I don't know if it's true. um, But it's true for me. I feel like this is the movie that made Alan Rickman get noticed, you know, big time. I believe that. You know, he plays he plays this character so well. He does. It's he controls he controls the room, not just that group of people. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. he is brilliant as a villain. Especially here. Like we can talk Snape all day. Like I really love his Severus Snape and someday we'll put out a Harry Potter playlist. I'm sure. But here like I think this is his best acting that I've seen him in at least, mm-hmm. yeah, especially when he gets when him and uh, Bruce Willis first meet physically. Um, Bruce has never actually seen Hans Gruber, the the leader of the terrorist group, and Hans, played by Alan Rickman, realizes that and puts on a you know a, a disguise. You know he acts like a, an American. You know, yeah, he's just like, oh God, no, don't kill me. You know, he's just like, I'm innocent. It is honestly <laughs> like the worst uh, American accent, but I feel like, I feel like Alan is trying to do a thing where he is a British human being playing a German who's pretending to put on an American accent. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, to, to me, it just comes across as a guy who's scared. Oh yeah, like, it, yeah. I to mean, me, it does sound like an American. It. Yeah, it, it does sound like uh, a slippery American accent, but it only sounds that way because of fear to me. Yeah, you know, because it's like when when he's talking, he's like, "Oh God, no!" You know, there's that, yeah. that little tremble in there, and it's just right. like I don't I don't know technically if John McClane was fooled by it. The movie hints right. that he wasn't, but like he could have just been, you know, he could have been on the playing fence it about safe. It. I feel like he was on the fence. Yeah. About it. Yeah, that's how I've always watched it, that he was just like, I don't know if I should really trust this guy, so I'm not yeah. going to give him a gun with bullets in it. But yeah, because he does that pretty like cool, helpful. like, there's this, like, that that scene, like, pretty, it's almost kind of a background thing, is when he asks, asks his name, and, yeah. and he yeah. says, ah, oh, Gray, uh, Bill Gray, and he's looking at the sign behind him. Um, yeah. I thought that and was pretty William smart, Gray. And, and there was a W. Yeah. Gray, so he was like, okay could be yeah yeah i like that too that's that's the thing that i really like about die hard is everything gets set up yeah you know um one of the biggest plot points is his feet uh, oh yeah he's on the airplane heading in and the guy he's sitting next to on the airplane is like yo when you land wherever you when you get to where you're supposed to go take off your socks and your shoes and ball up your feet into little fists and walk around on the carpet it'll relax you 
and Bruce is like, you're fucking crazy. And he gets to the, you know, he gets to his wife's room and he does it and he's just walking around barefoot. And he's like, all right, that guy made sense. Yeah. Then the terrorist attack. Did it. Yeah. The terrorist attack. He doesn't have socks or shoes on. He's on the run barefoot. And, you know, he comes across Hans Gruber who sees that and uses that against him. And like everything gets set up and it's, it's just brilliant. Um, you know, again, yeah, it's just good it's such a fun too. Like they, yeah, they really are. Uh, like he, uh, Alan, like uh, Hans, rather, is like a, a brilliant tactician, but John is just so resilient. Like he will just yeah. figure out a way to get through it, even if it means like losing his leg. Yeah, John's I, the best rat in the maze or mouse in the maze. Right. Yeah. He will he will get to the cheese no matter what obstacle you put between him and it. Yeah. And uh it's it's great. Like and, and there's another pairing, you know, there's there's John McClane versus Hans Gruber, but there's also John McClane and uh what's the cop's name? Al Al Powell. Al yeah, Powell. Al. <laughs> I do like Al. Yeah. Played um, by Reginald Vell Johnson. From and Family you know, Al Matters. doesn't really yeah from family he doesn't really lend much to the movie like oh yeah he doesn't do anything but ground john mcclain's character right yeah he's a psycho he's a psychological help for john so john doesn't go crazy yeah because yeah, john's trying to deal with you know an imaginable or an impossible situation and reginald or al's trying to uh talk him through it you know he's like we need you on the inside because you're getting shit done you know, we were dealing with 15 terrorists. Now we're dealing with seven. You know, you, just, FBI, you keep at it. You keep strong. And his captain and the FBI don't know fucking shit. They're probably the funniest yeah. part of the movie. Yeah, oh they're hilarious. God. They are the flaw of the movie. You know, they're the yeah. biggest flaw is, you know, when you when you think about how the outside world responds to what's happening inside this these towers, it's it's a little ridiculous what's funny though is that they have like the same a similar flaw to john like john like they're all so fucking cocky yeah yeah, they all do exactly yeah they all want to be a cowboy but like john is the only one who has like an excuse to be because he's in it like he's in it right now (laughs) he's got to do stuff and they're just they're just like no i gotta get in there and fuck shit up and he's like no you're yep. fucking shit up <laughs> yeah and i love i love that he spends a good like 20 minutes of this movie trying really hard to get cops to come to the building <laughs> and then yeah. he spends and then he spends like the next 40 minutes trying to keep them from entering the building yeah and it's like, just like it's such a funny thing for me that he's just like come on get to the building get to the building and then they get to the building he's like stay away from the building <laughs> he's like what are you doing running in here i, I like, don't it makes sense yeah. when it happens but it's funny to look at because it's yeah. just i don't remember yeah, the, quite the what changed I, I think it was just the cops tactics he, that were yeah well, he, he also discovered long. He discovered the explosives. Oh, right. The explosives. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that this building should have been leveled when that entire 
floor exploded. Mm-hmm. Maybe not, maybe not leveled, but those the 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 top portion should have collapsed. Yeah, there was there's some uh, the sus- suspension of disbelief or whatever that word is. Suspension yeah. of disbelief in this movie for sure. Uh, like especially when he ties a fire hose around him and like jumps off the building and then shoots through the glass to like get back inside uh i mean maybe maybe back in the 80s glass was that then i don't know i don't know i guess i shouldn't i shouldn't make that statement but i feel like you know a couple bullets isn't gonna get through skyscraper glass it shouldn't i don't think so i don't think so (laughs) unless they were being real cheap but, you know, somebody will comment on this and be like, well, you see, actually, the velocity and the power of the Magnum such and such bullet. <laughs> like, right, you got me. You're right. You got me. I don't know shit. What am I talking about? Uh, but if he would have uh, used a Beretta, <laughs> it would not have broken. Sir, I'm not interested. Sir, I'm not familiar with the Beretta. <laughs> Go back to James Bond. Oh, Spoilers. Man. Yeah, the only really thing I wanted, to, the last thing I wanted, I wanted to talk about specifically was the treatment of black characters in Die Hard. Sure, yeah. What, um, what specifically which for, did you want to talk about? Well, for the '80s, I feel like this is a very good movie uh, because it has a diverse cast. You know, yeah. Holly is a damsel in distress, but at the same time, she is presented and very much is a strong woman throughout this whole movie, and highly intelligent you know she's the one that like walks in there and she's like all right we got a pregnant woman out there give me a fucking sofa let yeah. us go to the bathroom you know and hans gruber the you know the leader of a terrorist group is just like well not terrorist group but yeah. leader of thieves is like oh shit you know and she's right i gotta i gotta do what she says like he doesn't attack her or anything yeah. he's like all right yeah like, okay, go, you're go smart, bring her yeah. a sofa yeah um yeah um, i i but, do like that and just just to bounce off of that real quick, there was that other side character uh, that was one of the office people. I can't remember his name at all, uh, but he kind of seemed to have a thing for Holly. Um, oh yeah, the and bag. She, he kept on doing like saying some sexist things, and Holly was like, "Dude, you need to shut up." At some, yeah, at some yeah. point, and I thought, yeah, she oh, just slammed him. Slam the door shut in his face many times too. Yeah, where it's also again where it has strong characters is in its black characters. It has, uh, I think three supporting black characters. There's Theo, the uh, who's part of the thieves. Uh, he's played by Clarence Gilliard, also from uh, Walker Texas Ranger. He's okay. he's Walker's he's Walker's sidekick and uh, Walker Texas Ranger, but he's the only. Well, he's one of two terrorists, I believe, that survive. I feel like there's another, like, there's one that just gets decked by John at the end. That, yeah, he just gets hit by the car by uh, um, Argyle. That's it. Okay. And Argyle just jumps out and punches him in the face, and that's the last we see of Theo. Um, and Argyle is another one of the. Uh, yeah, I like Argyle characters. <laughs> he's he's great, and like he's just in the wrong place at the wrong time, but he does the right thing. Yeah, he does, like, he, but he, after like ignoring the phone for like <laughs> forever, like well because he's listening to music, you know, yeah, he's, he's just chilling, yeah. he's doing his job. Uh, but like once he discovers what's going on at the towers, he just lays low. You know, he does the right thing. He doesn't get involved because he knows it might, you know, he might get killed by uh, by these terrorists. 
so uh, he just lays low until uh, he sees a terrorist try to leave and then he stops the terrorist <laughs> who's the who uh yeah he's he's their their technical guy yeah yeah and, and he's he has a lot of those like cut to him during the action scenes for the one-liner moment right and like it's silly but he delivers them so perfectly yes. in my opinion yeah like it's so funny to just like cut cut back to him he's like touchdown oh yeah he's always sports references too yeah (laughs) Yeah. which he like doesn't seem like a very sporty guy theo does it but uh yeah uh, i mean he might be you know a spectator statistic loving uh sports fan uh but (laughs) but then the last uh is al um who grounds john mcclain's character and also has a really good backstory yeah. Like, you, you know, you, you he in a very emotional scene with him where he's trying to help John uh, come to terms with what John has to do, you know, what John has to accomplish inside the towers. You know, he tells John that he's afraid to pull his gun anymore. You yeah. know, he's he took the job he has as a cop because he had a very bad incident where he shot a kid because he thought the kid had a gun. Yeah. You know, and it's a it's a realistic moment that I do feel for all police officers out there when you know because i'm sure that it happens to many officers where they have that moment where you know where they they you know they might think somebody has a gun whether or not they pull the trigger is you know one thing but it's you know it's got to be a hard job um and he has that emotional conversation with john and at the end he redeems himself you know he he overcomes that hurdle within him within himself psychologically by pulling the trigger and shooting a terrorist when he comes running out of the building you know it's another character who redeems themselves through violence uh you know big message of the of all die hard (laughs) but it's a really you know it's it's a really good um driving story throughout and like they just they had some such great characters none of them died the black characters you know it's like that's a constant that is uh, a trope for movies yeah. is when you know when you have the single black character you have to kill them off somewhere along the line which is egregious and disgusting and none of their three side characters who are black die through this movie and there i just wanted to applaud yeah. i wanted to applaud die hard on being an 80s movie that had a diverse cast that were all strong in their own right yeah well i kind of do want to, to talk about what you're talking about with uh uh al al owl al powell al, al, al powell um with uh cops uh and you know like you said it is a hard job uh i think that the problem is that we're facing with today is that you know they're institutionally taught to be fearful of certain mm-hmm. people and that is why there's so much um, quick tr- quick triggers yeah. and things like that. But then also you have people who are that go into the force just because they are hateful. But we don't want to end this on a on a on a sad note <laughs> uh, because, like you said, there are some very strong diverse characters in this film. And you don't typically, uh, you don't ever see John McClane in like cop uniform or, you know, no. acting much like an actual cop throughout this film. Uh, he's just, 
just a guy with a gun stopping, yeah. stopping terrorists. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's all well and good. It's in a movie. Uh, but I feel like in real life, if a guy went cowboy like this, it'd yeah. be a big fucking deal. It, that that yeah. it shouldn't have happened. <laughs> well, I don't think it would be a big deal. I th- I feel like if it went down as well as it did, like you know, few casualties, and he saved yeah. the day. Like if that happened in real life, I feel like most people would be applauding him as a hero still. Yeah, but uh, there would be. I feel like today's market would definitely be pushing it that way. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he'd be a hero to some, but to others, they'd be like, "Dude, you cannot just take this into your own hands like that." There's, yeah. it's too da- and, dangerous, and, too many va- variables. Yeah, and there's You're a lot of people who are like hostages. that in this movie. They're, yeah, they're presented as comedic relief. You know, it's uh, oh, what's the oh man, what's the one cop that's there? Paul Gleason from breakfast club um he's one of the uh, he's not fbi but he's one of the he's like LAPD he's like his commander or something yeah yeah he's like al powell's commander like a guy above al who shows up and you know he's of that opinion he's like you shouldn't be taking this matter into your hands you should be you know let us deal with this situation down here you're messing things up in there right but he and... also completely ignores any information john mcclain has <laughs> exactly he's he's presented in a very bad light yeah so it's like the movie definitely tries to to press that john had no other issue or no other choice but to save the day uh but you know that's up for argument whether or not he actually did i i I still think on the surface level you know you can dive in and pick it apart and but the action is so just too much fun i guess this is becoming a closing statement for me the action is just too much fun and it's just it's such an enjoyable movie because you know bruce willis is the perfect choice for this role uh he wasn't too huge at the time you know this is 1988 um you know he was making a name for himself but he wasn't bombastic or anything yet yeah and you know a lot of big action stars turn this down you know i think arnold schwarzenegger was actually offered uh that would have been a completely different movie i i would not have liked it i don't think uh, <laughs> they're completely different but but bruce brings that you know that charisma to this role you know he's a, his character is an asshole but at the same time you kind of like him you know he's he's you know he has that charismatic goofiness that you're just like all right you know you, you are you do have some good one-liners and you are a fun cowboy yeah uh, i give it i give it four stars i do it's I still I think it is a perfect action movie. Well, I don't know. It might just because I'm not like a big action fan, but uh it definitely like I can't argue that it is one of the best action films. So I I, I can't argue against your score. I I just it's hard for me to make an action film a favorite film for me. But it does have a full face. I mean, there's a very well-rounded yes. movie. I mean, there's, there's, yeah, there's hard to say. I couldn't imagine someone picking this up, watching it, and saying that was a bad movie. <laughs> right. That's that's just not that. I mean, I guess there's somebody out there that has no fun in their heart. Yeah. <laughs> well. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, who won? Who? 
who wins the genre smackdown of Christmas movies. I think it uh I think what it all comes down to is what are we declaring the winner? Are we declaring the most Christmas movie of the two that we were watching? Or are we declaring the best movie of our Christmas films that we chose? I don't want to give it to Jingle all the way and then yeah. therefore opting for what I consider to be the best movie. All right. Well, listen, um, I think even if you said the best Christmas action movie that just just to open up the window a little bit wider then obviously die hard wins yes yeah so but you know if you were going strictly christmas movie i don't know yeah if it's if it's just strictly christmas i still want to give it to i I feel like it'd be very close it'd be the margin would be a lot closer of what which way i would go but I I say that uh, that Die Hard takes it. I mean, I know I gave them both a full face, but I know that Jingle All the Way is not like a top notch movie where people yeah. people still go out of their way to buy this. Yeah, you'd yeah. be crucified by by fans. Oh, I'm sure. You but you know, that. somebody really likes Jingle All the Way out there, and they're like, "What the fuck?" They man? definitely do. Yeah, and they definitely hate Die Hard. You know, there's somebody yeah. out there who's like, how fucking dare you? Like, <laughs> Jingle oh, All the Way is a, a warm-hearted movie. <laughs> well, there you have it. Die Hard, reigning it. Christmas champion. Take that, Jesus. There you go. You get this here. It is a Christmas ornament. Um, it has Bruce Willis's face on it. And you know, since you told me that Arnold Schwarzenegger was up for this role, the only thing I've had in my mind is... I was a New York cop. <laughs> <laughs> Just yippee ki yay, yippee ki yay. That would have been beautiful. There were other people too, like Sylvester Stallone. I read. Oh my god, uh, was up for it. Clint Eastwood, I think, would have actually been kind of funny. That would have been um, interesting. He's a lot older. Yeah. Though. Um, I guess. Yeah, it was I mean, it's 80s, coming off of like but... the Dirty Harry movies and everything too. Right. So, like, who knows? Yeah, it's I mean, like he, like especially if they still ca- cast uh, the same person for Holly, right? It would, yeah, it would have been a little weird. <laughs> like, Man, that's a. I mean, but you know, he's a cop. He might have been too busy and started late, and then, you know, I could imagine the same ha- story happening to Clint Eastwood. Yeah, the stress of the job grade his hair real fast. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man. Well, I I've been. The Faceless Leon. And I'm the Green Traveler. Safe travels, everybody. Merry holidays and stuff. Ho, ho, ho. Do you thirst for adventure? Adventure. Do you search for laughter and friendship? Ha, 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 ha. Then don't miss the adventures in Valagorn. Welcome to a new world of fantasy, fun, and action. Coming to you as a monthly serial starting on January 19th of 2021. And brought to you by the imaginative people of FictionWorks 19. Starring Greg Callahan as Raphael Anastas Magoo, Sarah Christ as Vashti Whisperwim, and Kenneth Glynn as Pai Shou Wukong.
We'll see you in Valagorn. The adventures in Valagorn. Hey there, Couch Potatoes. This is the Faces Leon here. Tell you about our new addition to the show. Uh, we will be bringing to you two episodes a week, starting on Monday the 4th of January, 2021. I'll tell you, thank you. Thank you for letting that year be over. We're going to bring in the new year, nice and strong, two episodes a week. Do our regular thing Thursday. Nothing's changing there. But on Mondays, we are now going to be bringing to you playlists. We're going to start off with watching the Disney movies, the OG Disney movies from chronological order. Uh, we'll, we'll break it up there with some other things. Who knows what we might do. But we're looking at some long series of movies. Anyways... We hope that you, the listener, the potatoes at home, enjoy it. Safe travels. Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of Fiction Works 19. If you liked the show, please leave a review, like, follow, or subscribe wherever you listen. This will help us grow our show. Be sure to visit us at facebook.com slash greenandfaceless. There you'll find many links to our show and to our website. Thank you all very much for listening.